Hornet Heaven, Series 9, Episode 4, The Gift of Peace, written by Ollie Wicken, read by Colin Mace. Earth Season, 2018-19. Behind the main stand at Kenilworth Road in 1908, Neil McBain sprinted away from Derek Garston and Bill Mainwood. Tight in his grip was the nozzle of the hosepipe extension containing Hornet Love. Bill called out, Come back, thief! Thinking quickly, young Derek grabbed the nearest part of the trailing hose and made a side-to-side whipping motion with it. At the far end, the hose tangled around McBain's legs as he ran. McBain crashed face-first into the mud. Derek and Bill went and stood over McBain. Ha! Caught you in the act, you dirty traitor, Mr McBain, sir! McBain peeled himself off the ground. He was sporting a thick brown face pack of sludge. His glasses were two opaque discs. You idiots! What are you doing? Foiling your plan, you filthy scummer, Mr McBain, sir! What are you talking about? You've made me filthy, but I'm not a scummer. Don't try and deny it, McBain. You obviously are. We've caught you diverting Watford's fuel to Luton's heaven. It's proof. You're a hatter. Derek pointed at the mud-covered McBain and laughed. (laughs) Worse than that, you're a brown hatter, Mr McBain, sir. (laughs) Ugh, you imbeciles. I'm here pretending I'm a Luton fan. You're ruining my plan to prove to everyone in Hornet Heaven that I'm Watford through and through. Bill paused at the suggestion he might have misinterpreted McBain's actions. But Derek didn't. Ha! I can't wait to hear your cock and bull story, Mr McBain, sir. You Bedfordshire bum biscuit, sir. Ha! Prick up your ears, Mr Mainwood, sir. This is going to be great, sir. Less of the taunting, my boy. Though I would like to hear him explain himself. Go on, McBain. What's your version of what you've been up to? McBain wiped his face and glasses. It's not my version. That's the truth. I've just been inside the mean part of Hutter Heaven, telling them I'm a Luton fan and hiding the fact that I'm a Watford fan. I've got them to trust me, and give me access to the fuel pipes that lead to their operating system. There! He's openly admitting it, sir. He's stealing our fuel to put in their system, sir. Calm down, my boy. But I don't get it, McBain. Why would a Watford fan, if that's what you say you are, want to supply their system with new fuel? Isn't it obvious? Think about it, Mainwood. What kind of fuel is it? We all know that. It's Hornet Love. And what kind of fuel do you suppose their system runs on? Oh, uh, I've, I've never thought. Hatter Love? And what happens to a system... 
when you put in the wrong kind of fuel. Derek's eyes suddenly widened. Oh my God, Mr. McBain, sir. That's genius, Mr. McBain, sir. Putting in the wrong fuel would wreck hat heaven for good, sir. Golly. I'm not sure I'm comfortable with that. Well, all power to you, Mr. McBain, sir. If you scupper the scummers after life forever, you're definitely a full-on Watford fan. Exactly. No one will ever doubt me again. Oh, dear. No, 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 no. This, this isn't nice at all. This is brilliant, sir. I'm sorry I ever doubted you, Mr. McBain, sir. You beautiful man, sir. Come on, Mr. Maywood, sir. Let's get McBain cleaned up. Then he can go and bring down the curtain on the sorriest afterlife in all eternity, sir. Back in the main part of Hornet Heaven, McBain went to the Hornet shop to change out of his muddy suit and into clean clothes. In the menswear section, a gentle Muzak version of Elton John's Step Into Christmas was playing in the background. It was to help Henry Grover, the father of the club, make a relaxed and considered selection of clothing for McBain. Ah, here you are, old thing. I've chosen a stylish black puffer jacket. It'll set off your thick black horn-rimmed glasses beautifully. What's more, it has marvellously subtle Watford branding. There's just a discreet heart's head on the left breast. It means you'll be able to express your true nature as a Watford fan without being identifiable to the enemy when you go back to Hatter Heaven to see off our rivals once and for all. Word had spread quickly about McBain's plan for Hornet Heaven's spare fuel. Residents rushed up to McBain and congratulated the man they'd always previously teased. Brilliant, McBain. Go and splatter those hatters. Way to prove you're 100% a hornet, McBain. Bill Mainwood was there too. But Bill didn't approve. As McBain squeezed himself into the puffer jacket, Bill went up to him and said, Think again, McBain. What you're doing is wrong. You're about to commit mass murder. Ah, they're dead already. Dead people can't be murdered. But think of all those poor innocent people. Innocent? They support Luton. Those poor souls. No Luton fan has ever had a soul. Those ghouls in Hatter Heaven are just empty plasma. No one's going to miss them when I eradicate them. More fans came up to McBain to approve of what he was about to do. Bill tried a different tack. Well, then let me ask you this. Tell me honestly, do you really think it's okay to commit an act of hatred to prove your love? Eh? What? I'm asking, can you justify hatred in the name of love? Bill's question gave McBain pause for thought. 
He looked troubled. He sat down on a pedestal beneath a faceless mannequin sporting Watford's green away kit. Bill sat next to him. McBain said, Ah, don't make this so hard, Bill. You have no idea what it's been like for me. Every day since I arrived in Hornet Heaven, people have been judging me. Just because 80 years ago, as a working man, I took a job at Luton when I didn't have a job. I do appreciate it's been tough. I don't get why people blame me. It was just a year in my career. Why don't they look at it the other way round? I spent time at Luton, but I returned to Watford. Just like the prodigal son. Shouldn't I get credit for that? Well, when you put it like that, the fact that I worked at other clubs actually makes me more loyal. I played for Everton. I played for Liverpool. I played for Manchester United. Huge clubs, all of them. But it's Watford I love, despite the attractions of others. Bill liked this way of looking at things. He realised it could be applied to all kinds of Watford fans who got stick. Fans who never came to games at all. Fans who picked and chose their games. Fans who lived in faraway countries. What made them especially loyal was that they loved Watford despite all these obstacles. Bill said, This is great. Why haven't you said this to people before? Because I can't get a word in edgeways between all the mockery, the disdain and the abuse. People think it's hilarious to bully me. Bill patted McBain on the knee sympathetically. He said gently, But you've got their attention now. They're praising you. They'll listen. McBain shook his head. No, I've made up my mind. You won't persuade me otherwise. I'm going back to Hatter Heaven to blow it up. Or whatever happens to an afterlife when you put in the wrong type of fuel. It's the only way of stopping the abuse once and for all. But I could help you. No, there's nothing you can do. I need a cast-iron way of proving I'm a true horn. McBain got up and headed for the exit. Bill stayed sitting. He'd had his chance, but he'd lost the argument. Yet something was bothering him. In his mind, he replayed what McBain had just said. He remembered he'd heard the final two words elsewhere recently. True horn. Suddenly, he remembered where he'd heard them. He patted his jacket pocket. The item was still there. It might be just what McBain needed. Bill got up and called out, Wait! McBain! I've got a Christmas present for you. McBain stopped. Bill went over. From his pocket, Bill produced the yellow Fitbit-style bracelet that Derek had given him earlier. Eh? What's that? Some kind of newfangled technology? It's called a hornometer. 
It measures how much Watford love you've got running through you. It gives you a reading you can share with others. McBain's eyes lit up. Bill could see how desperately the man craved acknowledgement that he was a full-on Watford fan. The bracelet had seemed a silly present when Derek first gave it to Bill. Now, though, it had the potential to play a genuinely useful role. It could avert genocide in a neighbouring afterlife. McBain's eyes were still sparkling with hope, but now they dimmed, extinguished by the memory of how his fellow residents had always treated him in Hornet Heaven. Ah, uh, I'm not falling for this. That's a practical joke. I know what's going to happen. The yellow bracelet's going to turn Luton orange when I put it on. McBain knocked the bracelet out of Bill's hand and onto the floor. He left the shop. He was on his way to dispatch Hatter Heaven to oblivion. Through a throng of excited Watford fans, McBain marched down the slope of Occupation Road in his new black puffer jacket. The hood was pulled up, shrouding his head. Derek Garston walked in front of him, calling out, Ladies and gentlemen, make way for the Undertaker! The crowd whooped. They applauded McBain all the way down to the ancient turnstile. McBain enjoyed the acclaim. He definitely wasn't going to pull out of his plan now. The end for Hatter Heaven was nigh. He stopped in front of the turnstile to take the 1908 programme out of his puffer jacket pocket. Suddenly something big and heavy struck him full in the back. Oof! He fell forward and landed heavily on the tarmac face down. Now there was someone on top of him, kneeling on him. Get off me! He felt his right arm being pulled behind his back, as if he was being arrested. Now he felt something being snapped around his wrist. Handcuffs! What the... But then the person who'd flattened him got off him. McBain was free to get up. He was winded, but he got to his feet. Ah! For the love of Luther! What's going on? He dusted down his new jacket. Then he looked at his right wrist. He saw the yellow hornometer that Bill had just tried to give him for Christmas. The display was flashing. McBain's heart sank. It had to be another prank. He was being bullied again. The display was bound to say, filthy scummer or something. With resignation, he lifted his arm and read what it said on the flashing display of the hornometer. He was amazed. True horn. A wave of emotion convulsed out of him. Half a gasp, half a laugh. He couldn't believe what he was seeing. He looked up with tears in his eyes. He saw Bill Mainwood. Bill was just finishing dusting himself down. 
his white hair out of place and his glasses skew with. Bill smiled and said, Merry Christmas, McBain. McBain stepped forwards, overcome. On his wrist was proof of what he'd always known, what no one else had ever seemed to want to acknowledge. He wrapped his arms around Bill and hugged him. Thank you, Bill. Thank you. You're a good man. Then he stepped out of the hug and announced to the crowd, That's all, folks. There's nothing to see here. I won't be demolishing Hatter Heaven today. The crowd mumbled their disappointment. Derek said, That's not fair, Mr McBain, sir. You promised you would, sir. This is a disgrace, sir. The boy turned to Bill and said, And as for you, sir, Mr Maywood, sir, you've just given away the Christmas present I gave you. That's so rude, sir. Derek stormed off. The crowd dispersed, leaving Bill and McBain by the ancient turnstile. After a while, Bill said, Fancy going to a game together, you true horn? McBain looked down at the flashing display on his wrist again. It announced he was brimful with hornet love. He smiled profoundly. He was finally at peace with himself and Hornet Heaven this Christmas. Then he linked arms with Bill and walked back up the slope to the atrium to live out the rest of eternity in the same way as everyone else in Hornet Heaven. Unarguably. Undeniably. A Watford fan. The End You know, it's weird that McBain just left us like that. Still, nice of him to leave the fuel holes at the 1908 Christmas Derby. Let's take it into the kitchen. I can't wait to stick the nozzle in the pipe. There's no answer to that. Right, open the cupboard under the sinking. Ha! These cobwebs will be a thing of the past when we upgrade this miserable afterlife of ours. Actually, Eric, you should do the honours as leader of Hatter Heaven. You can be the one who brings us lovely new buildings. The one who brings us sun instead of rain. Here you go. Take the nozzle. Go on. Open it up. That's it. Now, put it in the pipe. Bring me sunshine. Make sure it's properly connected. You can't see the join. Good. Well, that's done then. I wonder how soon we'll get the benefit of all the extra power. Here. What's that pumping noise? Does that sound right to you? Wait. You're expanding, Eric. The kitchen's expanding. Everything's expanding. 
I think the whole place is going to... Hornet Heaven was created and written by Watford fan Ollie Wickham. It was read by Watford fan Colin Mace. It was produced by Watford fan John Mooney. Music by Watford fans Steve Joy and Jeff Wickham. <laughs>